Well, this is Ed Stetzer Live, and this and every Saturday at this time, we have an important conversation about what's going on in the culture um, and really how we might live faithfully in some really you know, convoluted and confusing times. So, um, so we're going to talk today uh, in and around issues related to Israel, the war with Hamas. We'll talk about uh, Israelis, Palestinians, and more. So that's going to be uh, part of our conversation today. I'm going to introduce our guest in just a moment, and we'll jump in there. Let me just say first, I'm Ed Stetzer, and I'm so glad to be able to be on this uh, program with you this and every Saturday. We have a great team that actually helps to bring you this program uh, as well. And our guest, I'll introduce in a minute, but let me thank our behind-the-scenes team here at Moody Radio. Uh, my producer is Karen Hendren. Uh, my engineer is Courtney Young. Well, I should pause over just a second because this is actually going to be Courtney's last time with us. And that's going to make us kind of sad as well. But uh, but we're super thankful for her. And we've got, of course, Josie on the phones as well. We've got a new team we'll mention a little bit later on. But we do value the wonderful team that we have. And whenever we have a change, well, it's kind of sad. So we're, uh, we're going to be thankful for and be rejoicing with uh, Courtney on the next stages in her life as well. Again, I'm Ed Stetzer. I'm the dean at the Talbot School of Theology. I'm actually broadcasting here in Southern California. I understood that in the Chicagoland area, where our team is in Chicagoland, we actually had um, snow on uh, the last few days. Well, here it did drop down to the mid-50s, and so we too are suffering uh, with our friends, but nevertheless, we're making it through. So anyway, I serve at the Talbot School of Theology, where I'm the dean, but for you, every Saturday at this time, I'm, well, hosting the show. But also, let me also mention, too, um, we, we're, we have the, all the show that you can hear today. Maybe you're listening on uh, on radio, live terrestrial radio, we're on over 250 outlets across the country. Uh, you know, Moody radio stations, partners and affiliates, just all around. You can also listen online. But for a lot of people, they they you know may not have a schedule that's that's the same every Saturday, and so you can actually download this show as a podcast as well. And you can go to do that. You can go to edstetzerlive.com or you can go to the Moody Radio app. And you'll find all that there. And also follow with us on social media. You go to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all at Ed Stetzer Live. So we'd love to love to have you jump in with us in that conversation. So um, so when you talk about the current cultural moment, it's hard to get too far um, into a conversation without talking about what's going on uh, in the Middle East. And and that kind of caused us to ask question, well, what, what do we do and, and how do we respond? So we wanted to bring... Uh, we wanted to bring this conversation to you, uh, but before we did, we want to just take a, a few calls. And first, we're going to go to uh, Joe on line two. Joe, you're you're live on the air, man. You're kind of early in the show, though. What's your what's your deal? What's your what's your question or your comment here today, Joe? You're live. Well, uh, actually, my real name's Ron, and I'm Courtney's fiance. Oh, okay. So, so we 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 might have heard about you just a little bit here, and and we might have set this up so that we have a little bit of a fun surprise. So, so Ron, you're you're Canadian, eh? You're from Alberta, is that what I know? That's true, eh? Living up in the Great White North, shoveling snow and uh, wearing toques, eh? <laughs> hey, I wonder if we can get Courtney on the air as well. Courtney, have you guys like met? You guys have a plan? Is he is he your fiance, and he's just speaking this as prophetically, or is this actually is there something we should know about, uh, no, Courtney? Is no, there going uh, first on? off, I thought there was something wrong because I was in the other room, and they they yelled at me to come back in here, and then I hear Ron okay. talking on the air. So what is happening now? 
Okay, well, we're just talking about you right now. We're, we're, this is your last show. It is. And we're kind of sad that you're leaving. I'm really but we sad. know that you, you and Ron, we faked his name's Joe. You and Ron, though, are, are headed up to the Great White North. Are you yep. guys going to live in Alberta, up there in Alberta, where there's oil and, and like, moose? Are there moose? I've never seen a, a moose. I don't know. Or the meese. Uh, where, where, J- J- Ron, where in Alberta, where in Alberta are you guys going to be? Uh, we're very near the capital Not, city uh, of Alberta okay. in Edmonton. So, the oh, Edmonton nice. Oilers, of course, are a famous uh, hockey team, and they had Wayne Gretzky uh, win four Stanley Cups here, and he's a well-known hockey player. So, that's kind of uh, our claim to fame. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Okay, good. So so we just wanted to say, Courtney, thanks to you. And we wanted to bring on Ron, who we faked his name is Joe, because he loves you and we love you. And we wanted to share in that moment and say thank you for your good work, Courtney, uh, here. I, I could ask, um, and Ron, Ron thanks, thanks for calling in. I could ask Ron for uh, embarrassing stories, but, but I think actually Bever- Beverly's on line one. Beverly, um, oh, no. tell, us, tell us what you're calling about. What kind, of, what kind of information might you have for us? Well, Courtney is my daughter. And I am really? so overjoyed. <laughs> my daughter. Aww. And I am so overjoyed about this wedding. It just has overflowed my heart that Rod, that God has brought Ron and Courtney together. It is his ordained, coordinated act in all of our lives. He is and they are just an amazing couple. And I am so oh. so thrilled about this wedding. And this the move. is so nice. And the move. <laughs> and the move. And the move. This is so nice because I'm like getting all. So I'm the father of three daughters. And I remember one time Courtney got like caught in, I forget what it was, in Montreal or something. And she was, yes. she didn't have play. I'm, I'm like a dad mode. In you me, were. Sort of kicked in. I'm like, let me, I got friends. We're going to get you out I know. of there. And I now, called so you. So, you know, I have, a, I, I have a vested fatherly, you know, interest here. And so it makes me happy <laughs> that you guys are excited about this big day. And when, Courtney, when is the big, oh, by the way, I, I don't think there's a capability to put Ron uh, and uh, and your mom on the same time or else I'd do that. Oh, yeah, they but, are. Uh, They're on. I got it. They are. Okay, I got, Ron, I got you're, it. you're yeah. back on. On as well, I did see you. Know, I don't know how yep, to do these I, things, but so <laughs> so when is the big day? When's the big wedding? Uh, we've got a plan for Saturday, November 11th, like next week. So one week, week today, next week, one week from nice. today. Nice. 2 p.m. Will you do it in? Will you do it in Canada or will you do it here in? No, Chicago it's going to be in here in Chicago. He's coming in oh, on Thursday, and you should always get married where the wife's family is. So that's the right decision to come in. <laughs> To Thank Canada, you. and then, yeah, and I, I you know, Courtney, yeah, you yeah. know that I'm, I'm married to a Canadian. So, I know. So we that have was our the, other we thing we bonded on. Now. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So we have this in common. And my children are all dual citizens. Right. So you want to make sure that because that you never know. You got to be ready to go to one. If one goes bad, you can always go to the other. Exactly. So that's, that's always, the plan. So, <laughs> that's always a good. That's always a good plan. Okay. So I do wonder if if we might have um, kind of a fun, embarrassing story. From uh, from is that Sarah? from Bonnie. So Bonnie, what? Give us a fun, embarrassing story that uh, maybe you would normally share, like at the reception. But you're going to give us the information here today. Know. Have you got one in mind? Because oh, I because no. I've got a few. I if you don't, many. I have okay. Many, give us just one. Um, give us one that can go on the radio. Okay. Yes, I will. Okay. Well, the one that pops in my head that I just mentioned to someone yesterday. It is just a family, just between her and I. But it's really fun. Uh, she went to Can I just Columbia say, I just College. love the fact that you just said on 250 radio stations, this is just between her and I. So just keep going. Because it's just between you two <laughs> no, and 250 stations. Her and I. No, oh, okay. No, Go ahead. Just a funny, just a family funny. Okay. So, so 
she went to Columbia College first semester before she went down to Disney College, um, and then before she went to Kansas, okay, to college. So anyway, she took the train down every day, and so in Arlington Heights, um, we missed the train. So we're trying to beat the train from El Prospect, <laughs> and we have to cross the tracks because you have to be on the north side of the tracks to get to Chicago, right? So we, we get up there. I don't know how. We were at McDonald's. <laughs> oh, we went to McDonald's. Okay, she bought something at McDonald's really quick. And so the train's coming. And I, <laughs> I don't know why it came out. This is... Your mom is get laughing so hard. We don't know what out. she's selling us. No, it's 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 get the get your Danish and get out. It's like our family joke now. She just yelled at me, "Get your Danish and get out." So now when we yell at each other, we just yell, "Get your Danish and get out." Because oh god, it's funny between us. I know we're just busted up here. Everyone's like, "What are they talking about?" No, no, it's fine. The people are like like listening for the first time. They're like, "What in get the your world?" Danish okay. and get so, out. and that's how I think we're going to end the program okay. today with Courtney. We're gonna say get your danish and get out so (laughs) (laughs) thank you ed so much for this i have so many other stories but you know i do things that are just you know off course you know and say things but she laughs and she retells them in a mom voice oh yeah i have my mom voice for stuff when i'm telling what my mom says so yeah we do that (laughs) so i visited her in kansas and we were in a store and for the third time, I went to go get the change out of my my wallet, and it all fell out. <laughs> Every time. I was like, okay. And I just acted like, I was like, all right, lady. I, like, I don't know who this woman is. <laughs> so, yes. She embarrasses me, I think. And I know these aren't stories about her, but we were together, and we yeah. laugh about these things. And I just have to tell you that my dad had told so many corny jokes, but he taught us laughter. Mm. And we have passed it on to our kids because we know what Scripture says about medicine to the bones, you know, laughter, joyful heart, make a merry. What what is that verse? I don't ever say it right. (laughs) That's good. Close enough. Close enough. It's kind of the kind of the message paraphrase, but that that worked fine for. For us, well, and I got to tell you, one of the things that we like around here is Courtney doesn't make us laugh, and really, just the, the person who helped plan this little soiree at the beginning of the program is actually Karen Hendren, and she suggested this, and I said, well, yes, let's, we got to do this. Karen, I think you're here on the air with me, are you? Yes, I'm, I'm right here. Um, Courtney, I right have here. to say, I, I've worked with her side by side for the last five years or so. Um, we, some, like, you know, you work, you go in, I, I'm just in the office on Saturdays, so you go in and you just kind of usually sort of pass through with people, and um, I, we just bonded and became like, she, I, she's just so dear to me. I'm so <laughs> I love devastated you, that she's leaving, <laughs> <laughs> and in planning all this, I got a, the opportunity to talk to her mom yesterday and Ron yesterday, mm-hmm. and and I told him, you know, he should he should come back here. <laughs> That's what everyone's saying. Yeah. Everyone's saying exactly. that Ron needs to move here. So but I'm, I'm thrilled for them. <laughs> she is just such a wonderful person, and um, and I met Ron, and he's great too. Bonnie's great too. I mean, they're they're all great. I'm 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 happy for the whole family. 
Thanks, Karen. Well, this Thanks, is excellent. Ed. And Courtney, I join in the chorus of affirmation and appreciation of you. And uh, and I know for folks, we're kind of we kind of a lot of good friendships here. So thanks for kind of letting us lean in on this and having a little fun as well. We're going to jump into our conversation in just a minute. Mitch Glazer is going to be our guest from Chosen People Ministries. We're going to talk about Israel and more. But we first wanted to say thanks for the well, the secret names were Joe and Beverly, but those were the fake names. We're very thankful for. For, for Ron and for Bonnie coming on, and we're thankful for Courtney for you continuing your good work with us. For one final day, you will be missed. We appreciate you. We're going to continue our show and introduce Mitch in just a second. Hey, we're back. It's Dead's Live. We had a little fun in the first segment. Thanks for letting us have a little fun. You can tell that we, I mean, you just across Moody Radio and Moody. Bible Institute, all the different uh, partnerships that are there. There's kind of a special connection with uh, with folks, and Courtney's been a key part of our family, and now headed off to the Great White North to Canada, uh, and uh, and we're going to be praying for her and rejoicing with her. She's going to be with us the the rest of the program, but this is her last episode. So we're going to talk today with uh, with a guest, and and again, we kind of there's a shift in the conversation that is pretty uh, substantive because we're going to talk some about what's going on in Israel. We're going to talk about well, just we're going to talk about more than that. But my guess is you'll have questions as well. And our phone number is 877 So our guest today is going to be uh, Mitch Glazer, and he served as president of Chosen People Ministries. It's one of the largest and oldest messianic missions in the United States. He's been serving there since 1997. Uh, and alumnus of Northeastern Bible College, he then holds a Master's in Divinity uh, degree and Old Testament and a degree in Old Testament from the Talbot School of Theology, as well as a PhD in Intercultural Studies from Fuller Theological Seminary School of Intercultural Studies. He's the author of many books, including Isaiah 53 Explained, which is now in 15 languages. Uh, and, and really, um, over 200,000 copy prints, he's taught at all kinds of schools, including being on part of our team, leading the Feinberg Center. Uh, but I say, oh, I'm at the Talbot School of Theology, when so is he. So we serve together, though he's in New York City. I just had the joy of connecting with, well, he's not in New York City right now, I'll tell you that in just a minute, uh, but I had the joy in connecting with the Feinberg Center. So the Feinberg Center is really a center for uh, earning a seminary degree. They're in New York City. Most of our students live in Brooklyn in a uh, conservative, an Orthodox Jewish neighborhood. Uh, they are there doing messianic work in ministry, and they do this in partnership with the Talbot School of Theology at Biola University. Mitch, you're not, though, in New York City. Where are you today, my friend? Shalom and <clears throat> good very early morning, Ed. I'm in Tokyo. Tokyo. Now, what brings someone who leads Chosen People Ministries to Tokyo? I, I, this is not on the script, but I'm just intrigued because I don't think of a large Jewish population in Tokyo. Because Chosen People is in over 20 countries, and we're in uh, Japan, we're in Hong Kong, we're in Taiwan, we're also in mid-China. And one of the unique ministries that we have in all of these places in Asia, there's more going on, but very unique ministries, is we are actually sharing the gospel with traveling Israelis. And of course, one might say, well, are Israelis really traveling right now? And the truth is, there are quite a few Israelis that uh, are kind of stuck. And uh, so we have youth hostels and apartments that we rent, where we, we allow folks to stay for limited cost or for free. And we're able to love on them and uh, get to know them and share the gospel with them. And yesterday I was having a great chat at our youth hostel in Tokyo. Now, Ed, promise me you won't laugh, brother. 
just okay because <laughs> they don't get this joke in in japan actually the name of the youth hostel is bait samurai okay so <laughs> <laughs> i get that joke that's good uh, i'm afraid our japanese brothers and sisters just don't get it but but <laughs> it's at bait samurai and i was speaking to four or five you know just wonderful israeli travelers not believers who uh we're coming from different places, got stuck, heard about a really wonderful, friendly place where they could spend some time and, uh, you know, talk to one another, comfort one another uh, about what's going on in Israel. And so I had the chance to talk to them yesterday, and I'm doing a bunch of conferences and speaking in some churches. Love it. Well, thank. I think it's after one o'clock in the morning there. So thanks for taking the time to join us in this conversation. And of course, we're on you know our radio programs across the United States, about two hundred fifty outlets. So people are listening across the U.S. But but just knowing the global reach of Chosen People Ministries is a key part of that as well. I want to start though a little bit with your your own story, and uh, and then we're going to get to some of the current events in uh, in Israel and what where do you see this going? We'll talk some about anti-Semitism as well. Got lots of things we want to talk about, but part of the story is your is your story as well so kind of take us back to the beginning of your faith journey sure i was raised in a pretty pretty uh, typical jewish home in new york city which we call the true holy land of course ed particularly brooklyn uh, where i was born <laughs> over three quarters nice. of a million jewish people and uh, my grandparents uh, were not holocaust survivors but all the their entire family was killed in the holocaust but they left in the 20s to come to the U.S., paved the way for the family. The family didn't come, and the family all died. And uh, they were wow. part of Hitler's slaughter in the city of Minsk in uh, Belarus. <clears throat> and so I was raised in a home where we associated the Holocaust with uh, the evil of, of uh, Hitler, of course, but also uh, the sort of the antipathy acrimony of, of Christianity, and of, not of individual Christians, but Christianity more as a whole. And so I, I would be probably not quite the Apostle Paul as the chief of sinners, although I, you know, I was not too bad at it. But, but I would say that I was a, a very unlikely person uh, to come to faith. I never heard anything about the gospel until I was 19 and traveled out with a lot of uh, my friends to um, California, to Northern California. And uh, the Jesus Movement was underway. This was the spring of 1970. My two wow. best friends uh, became believers in Jesus. And of course, I being a good Jewish boy, raised a little bit more modern Orthodox than they. I tried to talk them out of it. Actually, at first I tried to, I was gonna commit uh, murder. I was so angry at them being traitors to the Jewish people, even though I was a drug dealer and, and my life was not exactly exemplary. But still, for Jews to believe in Jesus, man, that's like, you know, that's outrageous. And so I tried to convince them otherwise, and they got me to read the Bible, and I began reading the Bible and experienced really the love of Gentile Christians who were in this commune up in the state of Oregon, and one day I said, God, if you're real, show me. And that's a dangerous prayer, Ed. And I prayed, and I found a copy of Good News for Modern Man in mm. a phone booth near the Mount Hermon conference ground, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Sure. But it was at a different conference ground in Pescadero, California. 
And so uh, I saw this really nice book, Glowing in the Moonlight. <laughs> a lot of things were glowing back then, but this one really glowed in, in the moonlight. And so I, I, of course, stole the book, realized it was a New Testament, thought that the God of universe, the universe had sort of found me out. And, uh, you know, I began reading it, and all I could think about was Jesus, and I was looking for all of his anti-Semitic acts in the New Testament. <laughs> of course, you know, he was totally Jewish, celebrated all the Jewish holidays. I, I was really confused because he, he didn't celebrate any of the Christian holidays. And, right, uh, right. You know, and after a while, it really, he really spoke to my heart. I just loved Jesus. I loved the way he acted. I loved the way he spoke to people. I knew that he was Jewish, and now the tables had really, really turned. I was dealing with another Jewish person, and uh, and so after a while, I just said, you know, Lord, I'm yours. I had no Christian influences in in the greater San Francisco area. My all my Christian influences were up in the state of Oregon, and so I was just it was just me, and I was working at Redwood Glen, which is an evangelical covenant camp. But I wasn't working for them. I was working for the Marin County Board of Education, surrounded by UC Berkeley, you know, biologists. Sure. Yeah. Who are not the most theistic in the world, you know. And uh, so it was kind of a, a lonely road. But then I, I came to faith, and uh, I was barely 19 years old in November wow. 1970. And the Lord uh, has, I've never looked back at, basically. Amen. How did your family respond to you becoming a Christian? Uh, not well, not well, you know. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, listen, I, I, in those days, there was no manual on how to tell your Jewish parents yeah. who thought you right. were from outer space because you believed in Jesus. There was the, they had no concept of Jews believing in Jesus, which is what has driven my academic work over the years. As right. I've been one of the people that have charted the history of Jewish missions and the Messianic Jewish movement, particularly just prior to the Holocaust, during the Holocaust, and after the Holocaust, because right. I needed to know whether or not my family, my grandparents, and their, all those who died in the Holocaust had any opportunity to hear about Jesus. And, mm -hmm. and uh, so I made some wonderful discoveries there, but my parents were just raised that way, and, and right. um, they thought I became a traitor, just like I thought sure. my friends became a traitor. And, and so it took about 40 years, but eventually uh, some of my family began listening to me. And we believe my mom uh, is, in the, is in the arms of Jesus today. So mm. She's, mm. But she's the only one that we... It's possible my wife's mom also. She's Jewish as well. Yeah, yeah it's hard. And it's a hard journey. And, of course, there is such a, a long history. And some of that's related to anti-Semitism, which we're going to get to in just a moment as well. Okay, so now you lead Chosen People Ministries. You said a minute, a minute ago you talked about you know ministry in Japan and other places. Uh, just for a second, give us a quick overview of what Chosen People Ministries does. And let me just remind people, too, that we are going to take your calls. We're going to be talking specifically about anti-Semitism and then about the situation in Israel. Our number is 877-548-3675. Again, it's 877 877- Five four eight three six seven five. If you want to jump in the conversation, Mitch Glazer's our guest, and where he's the president of Chosen People Ministries. So tell us about Chosen People, brother. Sure. Uh, Leopold Kohn was a Hungarian rabbi who came to the United States in 1892, heard the gospel on the Lower East Side of Manhattan, where there were 
probably a couple of million at one time, uh, Jewish immigrants, mostly from Eastern Europe, escaping persecution and all sorts of things. And, and he heard the gospel from a Polish Presbyterian missionary to the Jewish people that was preaching the gospel in Yiddish. And it was at a, a mission station of Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church, but it was at a, a Dutch Reformed Church on the Lower East Side. And there was wow. this young 22-year-old firebrand Polish Presbyterian who was trained in Scotland who uh, was preaching the gospel, and Leopold Cohn had been searching. And so Rabbi Cohn, who was also in his early 20s, came to know the Lord and, and was just incredible and went to Ed Edinburgh and studied theology for a year, came back to the Holy Land, Brooklyn, and began working among his own Jewish people and so part of what Chosen People does, Ed, is um, we, we don't make much of a difference between preaching the gospel and taking care of the earthly needs of Jewish people, wherever they might be. It's just part of our DNA. And so, you know, it's sort of like Jesus in Matthew chapter 9. I love that chapter because in, on the one hand, he takes care of people. He feeds them and casts out uh, demons and and preaches the gospel, you know, and so he does all those things. And CPM has always been like that. And so sometimes we're doing relief work, and but we're always doing relief work in the name of Jesus, and it comes out very naturally and beautifully. And so all over the globe, we, we continue to do that. So, of course, we do um, Bible studies and personal discipleship evangelism. We're very much online. And, uh, and we show love to the Jewish people in the name of Jesus, which is something the Jewish people have not really seen before. Love that. We're going to continue our conversation with Mitch Glazer in just a moment. We're going to take your calls as well. Our phone number is 877-548-3675. We're going to talk a bit about anti-Semitism in a moment. We're going to talk what's going on in Israel. Again, your calls is 877-548-3675. Hey, we're back. We're here on the show with Mitch Klaser. Mitch is actually from Chosen People's Ministries. He's actually in Japan, and it's 1.30 in the morning there. So we're super thankful for him uh, staying up. Normally, he's in what he calls the promised land, New York City, which, for the record, I do agree. It is my home, and I, I do love to go back there as well. I was on the call with the Feinberg Center leadership at Chosen People Ministries. Uh, Mitch, part of that, and that's the extension program of the Talbot School of Theology there in Brooklyn, in New York City, that is uh, doing seminary training for people engaged, interested in uh, ministry to a messianic, messianic ministry. And um, one of the people on the call was actually born in the same hospital that I was. So that was sort of fun. I was born in Jewish hospital in Manhasset, New York as well. So it's fun to make those New York connections. And if you don't like the New York connections, I just want to say to you, you got a problem with that? Forget about it. Anyway, another story for another day. So uh, so Mitch, you're, you're there in Japan, and one of the things that we've seen watching the news, and I think the thing that maybe just reminded people of anti-Semitism, uh, which has been, of course, present for, for thousands of years, but uh, when we saw this uh, angry mob in Dagestan, which is in uh, Russia, uh, they come just storming this airport looking for Jews, um, and it just reminds people, I mean, the pogroms, it reminds people of so many realities. Why, why has anti-Semitism lasted so long and become so fierce uh, in so many places? Ed, I think the only way to really understand anti-Semitism 
is to begin with scripture. You have to see it through the lens of the Bible. If When God called Abraham, Abram at the time in Genesis 12 and said, through you all the families of the earth shall be blessed, God, of course, knew what he had in mind. It involved the coming of Jesus through a Jewish version. It involved the fullness of time. It involved the Jewish people um, writing scripture. It involved the Jewish people in the end of days, according to Paul, Romans 11, 25 and following, coming to faith in Jesus, turning to him and Jesus returning. And so the destruction of the Jewish people became a high priority on the devil's uh, plate. And so you have to go beyond the surface and see it as a, a, a cosmic problem of, uh, of all the way through the ages. And so that's part of the drama of redemption, that the devil's uh, trying to do that. You know, a lot of times we look, you know, I, I love screw tape letters. I love C.S. Lewis, just like a lot of other believers. But sometimes, you know, we don't see the grand scale of things. We think about our own personal life, which is understandable. But the devil has a real plot going on. And Daniel noted it in the, um, you know, in the, the litany of nations that would come against Israel in, in Scripture. And uh, certainly what's happening is, is, is fierce. And I'm not going to go outside of the Bible, Ed, and say that um, certain other groups, you know, even uh, Hamas or, uh, or Hezbollah or anybody else, or even the Nazis, I'm not going to... I would say that they are acting uh, satanically, um, but I would not necessarily say that they are the tools of Satan because we don't know. That's not, not in Scripture, so I'll, I'll limit myself. But I do know that the devil uses the Gentile nat nations of the world, some willingly, who want to participate in the destruction of the Jewish people. And there are promises all the way throughout Scripture that uh, God will deal with them as well. And so I think that we have to understand anti-Semitism as both on a global cosmic scale, and I think it's also on an individual scale. People have reasons for disliking Jewish people, but there, there can't possibly be any earthly reason why so many people and so many nations are anti-Semitic and hate Jewish people and then carry out that hatred. And uh, so that's my fundamental answer, Ed. I think, mm -hmm. like all things, you need to see it in light of the Bible. And I think that the Bible is very clear that when God chose Abram to be his bridge of redemption to a dark world, that Satan chose Israel as his target. Mm -hmm. And and I, you know, we talked today, and of course you mentioned uh, radical Islamist groups like Hamas and Hezbollah and others, and, and we see this, uh, you know, radical Islamism in, in Iran, we see Islamism growing in, you know, with Erdogan and Turkey, and, and we have other nations in and around where, where, where Islam is practiced, but not perpetually at war with, with, uh, with the Jewish people or Israel and others. So it's a mix of, of responses, you know, when we look across, when we look across Islam. But one of the things that you can't say is, per, you know, persecution of Jews is not just a Muslim thing. I mean, it historically was a Christian thing. And so, I mean, Martin Luther right. was deeply right. anti-Semitic. We, we see this, and we can go through the history. You've gone through the history. So how would we also explain anti-Semitism being rooted? And I even say, too, I see some Christians today 
even people who name the name of Jesus saying some pretty anti-Semitic things. So how would we account for that in our own history of 2,000 years of Christianity? So let, let me go back to my original thought, and, then, and I'll jump on that. And that is, <clears throat> if you were the devil and you were thinking through a strategy that would keep uh, the people of the world uh, away from Jesus, um, and you knew that uh, Jesus, the turn, what God, God said in Scripture, that what the turning of the Jewish people would bring about the return of Christ. I mean, if, if, you, if you knew that, then probably you would do anything you could to try and keep the Jewish people away from Jesus. And so what you have in Christianity, uh, of course, and I grew up in a home like that, which blamed the Holocaust on quote-unquote Christians, uh, what, you, what you really have are a variety of, of reasons. And, but when you sum up all the reasons, uh, it's an irrational hatred. And, um, and so, yeah, I can, I can say that, um, that Martin Luther was anti-Semitic, and in his table talks he said, the next time I baptize a Jew, I'm going to tie a rope around his neck with a rock on the other end and throw him into the Elbe and say, I baptize you in the name of Abraham. You know, and there's vile stuff like that, and Luther could uh, speak in those terms, uh, but it, but it's not just Luther. You know, it's it's just so much within Christianity. And I'll give you another illustration, and on and on a very sort of very personal level, I listen to the way a lot of Christians and a lot of pastors talk about the Pharisees. Now, most Christians have never met a Pharisee. <laughs> and people say that the ultra-Orthodox Jews, what we call the Haredim, those who fear Hasidic and old-style Orthodox, they're the descendants of the Pharisees. Um, but, you know, I, I live in Brooklyn. Uh, I was half-raised in that kind of environment. And to paint all ultra-religious Jewish people as joyless, arrogant, and... Uh, you know, and so on, only even, that's just patently untrue, you know? Mm -hmm. And, but yet we characterize people from the pulpit. And when we say that person was a Pharisee and we mean it in a derogatory way, and uh, sincerely or, or, or not, when we say that, then we're giving Christians a bad impression of the Jewish people. And so every time a believer opens up the New Testament and they see the word Pharisee or they see the Pharisees, uh, they think of, they can easily think of Jewish people as all being opponents or hostile uh, to Jesus, who was the good guy, who, of course, may very well have been, had very uh, varied Pharisaic practices and beliefs himself. And so I think that it's, it's quite a span of information. And... Uh, the real question now is, what do we do to counter that? So how can Christians turn that corner? Not only because it's, it's going to bring more Jewish people to Jesus, which it will, but how do we turn the corner because it's right? Um, yeah. I mean, Christians and Jewish people are, in a sense, covenant cousins. Christians understand what it's like to be chosen by God. They understand what it's like to have a life devoted to God. And a lot of Jewish people understand the same thing. Not every Jewish person is secular, especially not where I live. And, and so 
we have to help Christians better understand Jewish people and be willing to show love to, for Jewish people and create a new environment for Jewish people. The antidote to anti-Semitism is love, understanding, and caring for Jewish people and praying for Jewish people. That's on the Christian side. On the Islamist side, it's something a little different. We're going to continue our conversation with Mitch Glazer in just a moment. He's from Chosen People Ministries as well. We're going to take your calls. I want to remind you, we're going to start talking about the Israel-Hamas war right now uh, when we come back, and we're going to take your calls in and around there as well, 877-548-3675. Again, we're going to jump right in when we get back, 877-548-3675. What's going on in Israel? How should Christians respond? How do people over here in America should we respond as well? Stay with us. Important conversation ahead. Okay, we're going to jump into a conversation with first a phone call. We're going to go to uh, Meg in Los Angeles in just a second. And then I want to kind of actually explain a little bit about uh, what's going on in Israel. I know we have students connected from, uh, from the Talbot School of Theology, the Feinberg Center. I know you have ministry partners there as well. But first to Meg. Meg, you're live on the air. Jump right in with your question and your comment. Thank you. I have a question Meg, I am sorry, but you you sound so far away right now. Maybe you're on a speakerphone. Uh, I'm going to dr- drop it down line. If you can come a little closer to that as well, uh, and we'll go right back to Meg in just a minute. So, so Mitch, I mean, t- t- you, you see the news, but for many of us, that's a far away thing. I was just there in the spring, but for many of us, it's a far away thing. I mean, the idea of this, you know, October 7th attack, I mean, this, give us an overview of what you see as from your lens of ministry on what's going on over in Israel. Well, right now, um, we're, oh, I think we're in the 30th day. I'm, I'm in Tokyo, so I can't keep track of all the days. But um, we're within a month of October 7th, of course. And I think that people are already beginning to forget what happened on October 7th. The Israelis I met at Beit Samurai the other day, and our staff on the field uh, in Tel Aviv and Jerusalem and up north and the soldiers that were called up by CPM who work with CPM as missionaries in Israel, uh, they all remember what happened on October 7th. And uh, we had 1,400 Israelis slaughtered mercilessly and gruesomely. We had uh, 240 now uh, captives and another 40 that are unaccounted for. And people are asking uh, Israel to slow down any kind of retaliation or any kind of response. Uh, you know, every time, and, and there's a lot of uh, Christian responses to this, and I haven't, I, I, I haven't seen the, uh, the level of, of abhorrence to what happened sometimes on October 7th, as we see with uh, innocent Palestinians, and of course it's horrible, uh, dying because Hamas is using them as human shields or because Hamas I mean, munitions are stored under hospitals and, and everything else. And so from the ground, uh, there's a, a war going on because Israel's fighting once again for her life. We're hoping that the north, that Lebanon, doesn't jump in. And Nasrallah's uh, words the other day implied that uh, he thinks they're going to... Uh, Hezbollah is going to stay out, but we don't trust them. Uh, 
And so I think that that it's 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 going to be pretty fierce, and I think it's going to be long. And there are a lot of reasons why Israel can't handle a long war, but uh, they're going to do what they have to do. And uh, so it reminds me, Ed, of a verse, if I can just throw in one more thing. Please. And that's <clears throat> Psalm 46 I've been reading. And... Uh, uh, verse 9, he makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariots with fire. Cease striving, stop. Cease striving and know that I am God. And I'll be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Um, people need to remember that God hates war. And it's God's goal to be plowshares and to pruning uh, into uh, instruments of harvest. And so God hates war. So we all hate war, but we still have war. And we need one day for Jesus to reign as king and to bring peace. He's the Prince of Peace. But until then, uh, nations really do need to defend themselves, especially when their next door neighbors slaughter innocent young people and elderly people. We were ministering to Holocaust survivors. We know of six of the people that we were ministering to that were horribly killed, and a couple were kidnapped near in their 90s end. And so I hope that the horror of what happened on October 7th uh, can remain uh, in, in the minds and the hearts of Christians and of our, our wonderful nation that's been helping Israel. And... Uh, you know, so that's, how do I feel about it? <clears throat> We're doing a lot of ministry during, during the war. I hate war because God hates war. And I hate it when innocent people suffer. God hates it when innocent people suffer. But there's still war. And sometimes wars need to be fought. And uh, it's not easy. Yeah, and it is complicated, and there are lots of questions that I want to follow up on, but I want to make sure we get some calls in as well. Meg, we're, we're coming back to you, Meg. You're live on the air with your question or comment. Go right ahead. Thank you very much. How do you talk to a Jewish man who says the, the problem between Christians and Jews is that you worship three gods, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We worship mm -hmm. just one God. That's my question. It's a great so question, Meg. Good. Hang on the line, and we'll get that answer. Go ahead, jump in. So I was, so I was uh, doing a book table at Brooklyn College, and across from me was a Hasidic rabbi. And uh, both of us were uh, very bad because we ended up talking to ourselves, and we didn't really talk to students all day. And so we were debating everything, and we were walking away because it was Friday night, and it was the Sabbath. And I, he looked at me, and he said, you know, you guys make God so complicated by saying that there are three gods. I say, well, first of all, we don't believe in three gods. We believe in one God and three persons. And he says, but you make it so complicated. So I looked at him and I said, Rabbi, are you telling me that if God was not three in one, as, as I believe, or triunity, that God is not complicated? So he smiled. He smiled at me and he says, yeah, I guess you're right. And so Jewish people do not traditionally believe in the, in the Trinity. There's lots of evidence for it in the Old Testament scriptures. But you have to realize you're dealing with a fundamental worldview world on the part of Judaism, where the, one of the most powerful and common prayers within Judaism is Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Achad. 
Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one God. And so I grew up praying that prayer very often, and you hear that prayer. So Jewish people are fixated on the idea of one God. However, most Jewish people don't know enough about Hebrew to know that a chad can be a, 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 a plurality. So even the word one God, there's other words for one that would deny a plurality, but a chad is not one of them. And so you're really walking into a traditional worldview on the part of Jewish people. You can use some scripture to uh, make that presentation. Um, you know, let us make man in our image, and there's just a bunch of them uh, in the Old Testament scriptures. But um, I would advise you that to say to the Jewish person, well, why don't you read a little bit about the life of Jesus? He says he's God in the flesh. And after you read it, let's talk about it and think about what God might be like if Jesus claimed to be God. You know, does he meet the standard? If he does, well, then maybe the Trinity is a reality. Mm. And I would remind you, there's lots of resources. Meg was asking us about resources. Um, if you go to edstetzerlive.com, we've linked to Mitch's resources, also to Chosen People Ministries resources, as well as chosenpeople.com. There's lots of uh, resources to share there as well. Mitch, we, we, we kind of, we've, I, I wanted to ask so many questions. There's so much things to talk about, but I, I want to close with this and I need to make a little, probably less than a minute, but I was on the radio show in New York City on 77 WABC, The Rev and the Rabbi. And uh, I think you probably know Air Bernard and Joseph uh, Potasnik, I think it was. And we, he was asking me, he says he likes Christians, all this sort of stuff. And then he asked me, well, why do you always have to try to convert other people, including the Jewish people, considering the history of the Jewish people and more? And, you know, this is on a secular radio station. And I, well, what would you answer? We've got about a minute left. Why are we trying to reach people uh, who are of Jewish ancestry background or belief? Well, I would tell the truth. You know, just just state it. That's what I did, uh, but tell no, us more. There's, there's just no easy way to say it, Ed. <laughs> you should have tried to tell that to my mother, okay? So yeah. there's, there's no easy way to say it. It's because it, we're commanded as believers in Jesus, Yeshua, to tell other people about him. And Secondly, we think that if other people believe in Jesus, that their lives will be better. And we also believe that there's a heaven and a hell, and we like to mm -hmm. see everybody possible go to heaven. Not exactly something that Jewish people love to hear, but it's important to, to tell the truth. That's what I said, and I don't think we departed agreeing with one another, but at least uh, we kind of understood more where one another, where we were in the conversation. Mitch Glazer, we're thankful for you, and thanks for letting us take that first part of the program. We had a little fun with our friend Courtney as she's uh, headed off. Uh, Bob Moreau's been actually working with us as an engineer. We're thankful for him as well. Let me remind you that Ed Stutzer Live is a production of Moody Radio, which is a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. Sorry we couldn't get through all of our calls today. Such an important conversation. We continue to pray, and again, Get engaged and involved. Learn more about Chosen People Ministries. You can go to chosenpeople.com or go to the Ed Stetzer Live website to find out more. Thanks for listening to Ed Stetzer Live.